Hey everybody, welcome to Beer and Bible. I am Neil, our lead questioner, and I think that's all I've got tonight. No, no you're still the head architect. You know, you're, architect. Still, you're still the boss. I should have a label like CEO, COO, CQO. <laughs> CQO. What is that? Chief Questioning Officer. Yes. Okay, CQO. Absolutely. Absolutely. And tonight, I get a five version too, because I'm just the beer drinker. I don't have to read shit. No reading tonight. <laughs> so you clicked on the episode, you already saw the title, and we are going to be discussing how to read the Bible, but more like the beer and Bible style of reading the Bible. This is which something we're we not... haven't done before. This is new. It's something we've talked about some. I think just me and you. It's an interesting thing, because honestly, I'm like the kid at school that like never did his homework, if you can't tell at this point <laughs> what would you tell someone you know uh, to approach the bible and i'm like oh like uh it, it's really strange because you grew up in this christian church and you had a bible as a class that's true and yeah homeschooled yep where to me, the Bible fell under every other fairy tale. You put the Bible up there with Grimm's. I think we had a children's Bible in my house, but it wasn't important in our house. And I don't know how or why we had one, but it was up there with the rest of the fairy tales. I remember the children's like, Bible we had because the David story was kind of cool because the little kid fucked up the giant, which I think it was probably just a big dude. He's probably just like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You know, I mean, maybe it was a giant. I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah, he was a giant compared to some little pipsqueak with a fucking slingshot made out of a thong. But I remember the page where he kills Goliath. Goliath is just laying off the edge of the page. So you see his body laying on the ground. David's like, yeah, and he's holding a sword. But then there's just the slightest little pool of blood right on the edge of the page. And I was like, oh, that motherfucker got his head chopped off. So your introduction to the Bible was very child friendly and the best part of it was all the adult stuff <laughs> the head chopped off yeah i didn't get any of the good stuff i had to yeah. search for it it's a very different experience because i didn't really get to know the bible until i was an adult so i start reading it um gosh so i start reading it when i'm close to 15 which i know you're like that's not an adult well according to the jews it is i would have already had my bar mitzvah <laughs> done okay but the point is, we had very different experiences in our first exposure to the Bible. Mm -hmm. So uh, we've been thinking about this question of, if someone were to just ask, beer and Bible, hey, I would like to read the Bible just to be a literate person. Not like, I'm not, I'm, don't take me to church. Not going to become a, a Bible thumper. I'm not going to vote Republican. Just, <laughs> I want to read. I, I, I'm just telling you, for whatever reason, in this decade right now, that's the Christian party. So, oh, yeah. yeah, apparently. We wanted to explore this question of how to read the Bible, not in the church conversion way, not I'm trying to get any sort of spiritual experience or exposure to it. All I want to do is read the Bible as a piece of literature and become biblically literate in this world, especially in the Western Hemisphere, where everybody is very, or not everybody, but a lot of people and a lot of our old literature has references to the Bible. When you hear phrases like, you who are sinless, cast the first stone, or you hear the Ten Commandments, maybe you don't know what those, ten, can you list the Ten Commandments? And you're just like, hey, I, I'd like to just know what was going on in the Bible. Dude, I don't um, think I can list the Ten Commandments. 
it would take me a second and to just make it a little bit more confusing for everyone there are two different lists depending whether you are christian or jewish <laughs> they, it, and, and, and the muddied waters in between yes yes so you have this section in the book of exodus would you think like oh law if you are familiar with the bible you're like okay there's cool stories really cool stories about getting out of egypt then law then a bunch of names and then another law those are like the first five books and it's sort of surprising to find out that the Ten Commandments are actually in the book of Exodus, or at least I think it think it's weird. Mm. I don't know how you guys think about it, because again, I didn't grow up in this thing, so. Oh, those weren't even discussed when I was a kid. It was just like the ten, like that's it. Moses went and got the ten, he came back, uh, and then Jesus. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so With a couple that's... of random stories in between. A guy got swallowed by a fish, a guy blew a horn and knocked a castle down, or a whole town. It's, Yeah. Wow, that, that is amazing because you just made references to all these stories that you sort of only know if you're familiar with the Bible, which <laughs> yeah. goes back to this point of like, it might be a good idea and worth your time to just go ahead and, and be familiar with some of the words and things like that. And sometimes you'll but, see some really weird stuff in the Bible. Well, it, it's pretty cool because thanks to your ass, part of the thing early beer and Bible is like, this shit is crazy. How do we dig into this? And then we started our whole deal here. And as I went back and looked, and of course I really latched onto the Old Testament because I grew up with some of the stories in there, but it was kind of just like the big hits, yeah, where it was like sin, the hero stories. And of course I mentioned Samson first. He was, a, uh, as I always refer to him on the podcast, a fuckboy. I love me some Samson, yep. but he was a fuckboy. And you talk about the heavy hitters in the Old Testament, and then there's a lot of shit going on in the background. There's some Game of Thrones shit going on in the New Testament, but the Old Testament was fucking cutthroat, dude. It was pretty wild. It was like the Wild West, dude. It was it was nuts. Everybody's Absolutely. killing everybody's. Everybody's banging everybody. It's a fucking HBO show, dude. I mean, it should be, you know. I guess yeah, and I maybe once we... they're done with The Last of Us, that'll be the next thing. They're, they're just gonna say the Old Testament, the Tanakh. That would be amazing <laughs> if HBO took on the Bible. It would make so many people mad. I like, mean, they've already laid the groundwork. Like, you got some incest. You got some. I'm sure there's a dragon or two in there. You got some like killing people and overthrowing empires. It's all there. So Chris and I were trying to figure out what would we recommend to people when it comes to reading the Bible. One of the things that I think is a terrible idea is if you go and purchase a book, it could be Harry Potter. I know that, again, that's weird to mention Harry Potter on a Christian podcast to some people. If, if you don't get that joke, then you're not from America, or at least not from the American <laughs> South. But you, if you were to pick up a novel, again, Game of Thrones or something like that, and you said, okay, I'm going to read one page a day, that would be miserable just one page. So when they take the Bible and you have to know that all of the chapters and verses were not added until like in the middle ages. So those are way late. Originally, everything was just a huge block of text. Just here's where the book starts. Here's where it ends. And that was it. I agree with this point. I'm reading a Vonnegut book right now and I'm having a lot of trouble because every time I try to read it, in a house full like mine is, there's always something that happens. So I'm doing like two pages, maybe half a chapter at a time, and I'm like having to backtrack every time I pick it up and be like, wait, what the fuck's happening again? Exactly. That's where I would say set out time or whatever and just say, okay, I'm just going to go through a bunch of chapters. Don't worry about the page breaks. Don't worry about the chapter breaks. Just go as far as you want or can or whatever else. And I also don't like the idea of having set 
breaks or blocks because sometimes characters will be introduced in one chapter and then show up again three or four chapters later so you can see that person come in and out. I like to just binge a large section of the Bible in the same way that I listen to other audiobooks where I will listen when I'm in the car, when I'm going and doing things, and I'll just pick up wherever it just dropped off. I won't sit there and go, was I in chapter seven or chapter, oh, let me like restart chapter seven. No, I just jump back in wherever it was, usually binge huge sections of either books or the Bible. And that helps me keep away from breaking it down into sections and stories in my mind. You were just talking about Samson. Samson is a character in a larger book called Judges, where you have these different characters show up. It's sort of like the Marvel movies where you have an episode (laughs) that's, this is Ant-Man, this is Captain America. And sometimes if you see Samuel L. Jackson show up in Iron Man, then you see him show up in Captain America, that's the guy from The Thing. That was the guy in the last movie. Oh, you you see all that kind of stuff. That's true, that's true. And people in the Old Testament live for fucking ever. Mostly in Genesis. Yeah, guy pops in. It's like, ah, I thought you were dead, motherfucker. Why are you here? Why are you harassing my family? Go away. Our first suggestion is take these large sections, and I prefer listening. That has been the best thing for me. I don't know. Sitting down to read my Bible, it's really hard for me to convince myself to do it. You hit that first batch of names, too, and you are fucked. Like, you'll get hung up for a minute. Just let somebody else butcher them for you and, you know, move along. That is like that is pro tip number one. <laughs> Let somebody Bing! else. Put we need you some it. bullet points up here. <laughs> I really like that one. I didn't even think of that, but that makes perfect sense. I wish fifteen year old me knew that. I mean, luckily I had those awesome homeschool phonics lessons. You know, as a kid. Yeah, I was. Yeah, just have somebody else do that for you and just punch through them. Just push through. Also, this is just another suggestion from me. Is you got to remember that these are books that are all separate. It's not the Bible. It's a collection. It's 66 books. So I know that some of them go together. We've talked about First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. All four of those are all one continuous narrative. I look at those as four seasons. But then you have Genesis, which could be its own standalone, and then Exodus sort of picks up from that. And then you have Leviticus is just the thou shalts and shalt nots. That's just its own section. You have numbers, which is a more story and narrative mixed with genealogies, real boring stuff. And then you get Deuteronomy, which seems like a retelling in many ways is a retelling of Leviticus. So our first recommendation, let's do it in large chunks. If you read it, great. If you're more of a read and you want to go back and like, well, what happened here and reread things, totally understand. I'm just telling you my personal preference is to listen to it. And thanks to Chris's suggestion, let somebody else get through the names. After that, I would recommend going back and re-listening to these things, which sounds crazy. Like, I want to read all 66 books. I understand that, and I, I totally get that. But if you're asking, like, Wait, how am I going to get something? 66 books? Yeah, 66 books. 666 books for some reason. Yeah, that's a different number. Oh, oh gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know that's a reference in the book of revelation that is the number of the beast that's the The best book actually that's where you should start just they say that like the best way to read the bible is back to front (laughs) i don't even know how to respond to that terrible idea (laughs) actually funny story or tangent I used to get bored in church when my parents still forced me to go, so I would just grab the Bible that because in the most churches, if you go and sit there, there would be or at least Southern churches, pretty much every single one I've been to, there will be a Bible, usually a King James version, 
little Jimmy, and then there will be a hymnal next to it. The hymnals suck, and I can't follow them, and the songs are whack. But the Bible, I would get bored, and I'd just flip through Revelations and just read that. It was like a graphic novel, wild shit. And then I would yeah, just I start like- skipping through the Bible looking for other crazy stuff. Or like every time that they like referred to a donkey as an ass, I would just flip through looking for ass in the Bible. <laughs> First time I've heard that phrase. <laughs> Yeah, so that's another way of going through is just flipping through and finding out whatever you think is interesting and just figuring it out from there. I, again, probably push for getting large sections of it. That way you become a little bit more overall literate. So this is a true story. A couple of years ago, I had a friend that was really good at memorizing verses. He would be reading the Bible and pull out a, a verse and just memorize it on the fly, on the spot, and then it would stick in his brain. Spoiler alert, it wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so he would memorize these verses, and one time we were all in a big group, and I remember hearing it, and and it was some reason why he wasn't going to do something because the Bible said so, and I was listening to him, but it happened to be that that summer I'd memorized the entire chapter that he was quoting, and I knew the context of that verse, and I realized... That's not the right application of that at all. That verse does not fit what you're talking about. And that's another recommendation. Like I'm assuming that our, as someone who's listening, you don't want to be that guy that knows the Bible. You just really want to be familiar with it. So that way, when somebody pulls something out and throws it around, you're like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> or you read something, and you're like, oh, nope, that tracks that person's, that's exactly what that chapter was saying. Yes, absolutely. So it works either way, but our recommendation, by knowing a large chunks of the Bible and large stories, you're more familiar with it. And we're also thinking about the idea of being a literate person. Like I just finished the book 1984 by George Orwell. Hmm. I'm not going to memorize passages from 1984. I know the big concepts and I'm just way more familiar with that book. I don't want to be a 1984 scholar or quoted or anything else, but now when people talk about Big Brother or make other references to that book, I'm just aware of it. So I guess we're kind of saying treat the Bible sort of like a English book. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. then if you know the full story, then you can call bullshit on people. Yeah. You've, you've even ruined me with this, like where I'll, I'll, I've heard things. It's only been like one, maybe two times, and I'm just like... That that doesn't add up. That guy, hmm, he didn't quite, I don't want to say he didn't know what he was talking about, but he didn't quite use it correctly. All right, so we talked about this idea of listening to large chunks of the Bible. So where should you start? And Chris, what is your recommendation for someone to start? Oh, God, I'm the wrong person to ask. Because yeah, because you, you started in Revelation. Yeah, yeah, I knew that going into this. You just start in Revelation, flipped around. But, but you can't do that, don't, guys. Don't do that because you gotta yeah. wait. That's like you don't want to watch. You don't want to go like browse around on Netflix, not finding anything, and then like find something you're mildly interested in and go straight to the last twenty minutes, like you know, yeah. or the bonus content. That was ed- that was edited out because they said it didn't fit the rest of the movie. You don't want to do that, like. Go, Holy cow, uh, that is a great explanation. <laughs> I'm jumping to the the edited bonus content. <laughs> Do you like that? You like, I, I knew you'd like that. So, oh I my mean, goodness. There's certain, just because I know things about the Bible, 
or I'm familiar with it. There's certain places I like to start because it's interesting, but I'm an Old Testament kind of guy. Like, it's fucking wild. Like, I like that shit. But I feel like you, sir, would have better recommendations on where to start. Yeah, so I, again, came to faith in my in high school, so I didn't have any of the children's stories growing up. If you'd ask me about Samson, I would have been like, DC or Marvel. So... <laughs> Oh, I'm, also be careful. You guys watch out if you're outside of like, oh, let me think of all the places I've been assaulted with Gideon's Bibles. Graduations, restaurants, funerals, just randomly on the streets, toilets, like in bathrooms. All right, so if anybody hits you with one of those little Gideon Bibles, it's cool, man. Like, you're okay, but they're weird. It's just like, it's going to be Psalms, which is David being a fucking emo boy. And I don't want to say a little bitch, but he's he just his tone is kind of like, but he's like, there's a bunch of songs, and they go straight to the New Testament. Or is the Psalms at the end? Yeah, they put the Psalms, they put uh, the Psalms at the end. They're at the end. So okay, a, okay. So it's all New Testament. That's all, you're, you're only getting half the story there, or like a three quarter, or like a quarter of the story. Or for the Jews, none of the story. Exactly, exactly. So if you're like, oh, I got this little Bible laying around, and we're talking about shit, and you start at the beginning, and it goes, it names a bunch of names, and then it's like, in the town of Bethlehem, you fucked up. That's not the the start. That is a really good point. So the Gideons... that's out of the way. (laughs) Yeah. So the Gideons have, have come around. I've heard some people say that they recommend starting with the Gospel of John. That is one of the last places I would start. That's the second to last place I would start. You the might other as well part, start in Revelations at that point, e- like if you got yes. one of those. Just to give you an idea of how different it is, if you read the Gospel of John and then you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, then you're going to find out that, wow, some of these parts don't even match up. So personally, I would not start with the Gideons. Also, the other thing that I would say against this is I am not a fan of the King James Version. Not because it's not pretty. I've heard some people say that that's their favorite version of the Psalms to read. For whatever reason, some people really dig that language for Psalms. I don't care. It's, it's very... It's, I'm not into old world aristocracy and like rich people like writing a book for me. Fuck them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you... Dis- I dislike it because of linguistics. You dislike it on principle. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to uh, tell me what to think. So King Jimmy version was written in 1611. They've done a few updates here and there. My recommendation is find any version that you like. ESV is pretty popular. There's an NIV that's pretty popular. NAS is pretty popular. All of these are fine. There are some other ones that go out of the way. There are different translations that try and bring some of the Hebrew and the Jewish traditions into the New Testament to make it clear. So that way you're like, oh, this is talking about this Hebrew concept, which is really cool if you're familiar with the Hebrew concept. If you're not, now you just have another unknown word sitting in the middle of your New Testament. Great if you grew up in Judaism and you want to read the New Testament and just get a better idea, then that will help you with understanding the New Testament in your culture and in your understanding. But that'd be fun to bounce some stuff off of somebody who like grew up in Judaism, and then, like, decide to read the New Testament and just uh, be like, there, what do you think about that? <laughs> like, what are your critiques? <laughs> there are a lot of rabbis who have written that. One of our listeners, Ryan, sent me a Jewish annotated New Testament that I, I really enjoy reading. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so there, and so that one's written completely by Jewish people, not like they were Jewish and then converted to Christianity. Uh, from what I gather, they are Jewish, read the New Testament, wrote their commentary, and stayed Jewish. 
I, I, I applaud that. <laughs> like, <laughs> which is similar to what we're promoting here is like, <laughs> get familiar with it. Yeah, like, yeah. If you, we're not trying to convert anyone. That's yeah. You if, read, if you think that's happening, go back to episode one and <laughs> then start again. So, hopefully, if you read the Bible, you can just kind of think it through and say, oh, this is how I react to this, or this is a crazy story. I can't believe whatever happened here. So that's our first thing. Read large sections. We gave a couple of recommendations for Bibles. NIV, NAS, ESV are the three that come off the top of my head, but there are other ones. It's really not going to matter that much. You might just be like, I don't really like this one. Or if you hit a verse that you have a little bit of trouble understanding, you can go back and look at how other people interpreted it, and you can look at other versions of the Bible just to double check. That's probably a little bit more than we expect out of anyone who's just like who's listening to this show and wants to learn how to read the Bible or read it for the first time. The second thing we recommend, and after like, you know, these huge sections of reading, is let your imagination wander. Yes. Like on our podcast, you hear us talk about how James and John, the sons of Zebedee, two of these disciples of Jesus, we imagine them as the guys in the salmon-colored shorts and like Sperry's. It's okay to put a soda in somebody's hand. It's okay to imagine somebody differently and modernize them in your own imagination. Um, Dude, that just actually made me think of something to cut you off again. One of the keys of Beer and Bible, like our group that we started so many, how many years ago? 12, 13, something I was going to say we're getting, but, but like it was Beer and Bible because I wanted to drink beer and do Bible, but if you're just like chilling out and you got nothing else going on, crack a beer, smoke a bowl, like or like hit the bong or whatever, and like just you know put it on and like listen, and that, that'll probably like enhance your experience. You'll be like, or maybe not enhance, but it'll it'll definitely you know get your like just chill, like just you know take it in. That's I mean, I've got, I'm like three deep right now. We're not even doing any Bible. Unfortunately, I don't have any recommendation on this. No experiential recommendations <laughs> from this. But yeah, whatever is going to allow you to let your imagination wander and just take it in. Yes, that's Again, what I was like, going for. Yeah, and then then just let your mind wander. How many times have you heard on this podcast, Chris interrupt me and go, my drunk brain thinks of it this way. <laughs> and well, allow- well, Maybe one or two times. Okay, yeah, one or two times. You're nice. going to have to really search for this. But if you can find those times, just allow your brain and your imagination to create your own folktales, in a way, of your own beliefs or thoughts on these things. Now, don't hold on to these super, super tight. Hold them very loosely. I get the idea of like when you hold something in your hand, you leave your fingers open that somebody could take it or move it. If you hold your interpretation of the Bible that way, you can allow for more information or for yourself to learn. There's a story and a it was a Christian book that was talking about one of the issues that a lot of Christians have is they have what's called home blindness. This is more likely to happen to you, Chris, than it is to me. Um, fortunately, I think we solved that problem. We fixed you. Home blindness is when you are familiar with the story, you know how it goes and yeah. you assume this is exactly how it happens because you grew up with it either in a children's Bible or you've read the story or heard it from the in church so many times. Yes. You, you think you, you know miss- exactly what happens and like it's this is the way it happens. 
Yeah, yeah, I was actually, it, I, I rejected that. I was like searching for, like, the, it can't be this cut and dry. Yeah, and you miss details, small, tiny details that could really change how you view the story. So I would recommend to anybody, whether you believe this or not, to hold your beliefs very loosely and focus on the Bible. If you notice, Beer and Bible is highly focused on the text and not as focused on beliefs that come out of the text. We do talk about those. We're not ignoring those. But I would rather encourage people to know the Bible and know the, the text in it so that way they can say, yeah, you're saying this, and it sounds absolutely crazy because the Bible actually says this. And I've heard people who have stopped and gone like, what? Here's an example. We would rather no shame to- have an atheist call bullshit on the holy roller. Like, know what you're talking about. Don't just pick and choose verses off of freaking Google search or your morning devotional. No, no, no. Hold people accountable. Yeah. So there's a book, it's called the Book of Esther. It's one of the Old Testament ones. It's a history book, and it has this very, it's named after a woman. She's the heroine of the story, Esther. And in that story, it never mentions the name of God. And I remember telling this to somebody, and they had been a Christian their entire lives, and they were just like, what? what? It never, it doesn't have the name of God? And then they were trying to s- explain to me, like, well, there, what about this verse? I'm like, yeah. That verse actually doesn't exist because it doesn't actually say God said this. <laughs> and this is no shame because if you continue reading the Bible, you yeah. assume that God is in every book of the Bible, but he's not. And there's a lot more to that story and, and longer explanation that I can't get into tonight. But my point is that a lot of us can get these ideas of what the time when Jesus said X, Y, and Z, and it's like, actually, that was never in any of the Gospels, and you find out that Jesus never said any of those things. And there are so many books. It's, it's I, I'm not blaming any of your Holy Roller parents or grandparents or anybody else for getting this confused. It's a big book. It's hard to keep all that straight. Yeah. But I would encourage someone to read and get these large chunks and portions. I would encourage somebody to re-listen to things so you can catch little things here and there. I would encourage somebody to imagine and also hold loosely to your to your beliefs i also would say keep everything tempered by scholarship if you listen to us we'll talk about the context and we'll talk about the language and some of the implications whenever possible we try and create the space for multiple interpretations in there for you guys to sort of decide which one you think makes the most sense or at least be aware of the multiple interpretations without necessarily having to choose which specific one that you agree with or disagree with or assume is the correct answer. I really think it's sweet how you keep saying we because you're the one that does. I mean, I accept all of the interpretations. You're the one that actually does all the work. So You make a great point. <laughs> I'm just going to keep just going to keep making you sound even better. Well, so you tend to be the imagination in our pairing here that you imagine the things and then I'm the one who has the research so the two of us is what we sort of recommend everyone get a little get a a scoop of Chris a scoop of Neil you're gonna have a good time so (laughs) you have the imagination and then you have the research that tempers it that holds it accountable so that your imagination is usually based off my research but also if you say something too crazy I usually can say like well actually you know the thing that always pissed me off as a kid was when, and me and Stacy have made a good point not to do this. Stacy, my wife, with our kids, is like, because I said so. Wait, why is this? What is this? Why, why is that? Because I said so. That's not a fucking answer. So, like, when you're reading the Bible or when you're going through the Bible and somebody says, because God said so, 
I can't accept that. I mean, I can, but like, no, what's what's your reasoning behind that? Like, do you know what you're talking about? And a lot of times, not a lot of times, but I mean, there are times when people don't. They do the Sunday thing, but they don't actually read it because there's a lot of shit in there I never knew existed. And I grew up in this shit. I, I read the Bible through twice before seventh grade, like front to back. I didn't know what it meant. I still like read it, so I knew the highlights. But there were a couple things that stuck around where I was like, huh, that's fucking weird. But it was always kind of like, yeah, just gloss over that part. Just, yeah. yeah. Just, just I would push, push through it. I would take that verse, that section, that phrase, throw that into Google, and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there, you're going to find a mess. You're going to find some guy from East Tennessee that's Preacher Joe <laughs> that ha- is going to tell you. He's got some really light. cool snakes. Yeah. And here's why you're going to hell. And then you're also going to have somebody that's going to say, well, actually, based on Mesopotamian literature, this actually means... And like, you know, you're going to have your spectrum. We are not the gatekeepers to Christian theology or Christianity or a biblical interpretation. Hell no. I continuously, yeah, I, I continuously listen and learn and am growing in my knowledge of different scholarship on the Bible. And hopefully, the longer you listen to this, you will, you will hear us say, hey... We've talked about this story in earlier episodes, and we've discovered that there's also this other extra interpretation, and not necessarily discounting the earlier ones, but just we want you to have more information and more to choose from. Another issue that comes with having multiple scholarship is when you're making that decision of which one you think is right or wrong. One, if you base that off of how you feel, you're going, okay, here are six valid options, and I'm going to choose number four because that's the one I like. Be honest with yourself that you're choosing that because it sounds cool, it sounds more interesting, you like it, but if you choose it because you like it, don't assume that's the right one. You know, you just have to be honest with yourself that, yeah, this is the interpretation I like because it's me. And yeah. another thing to do is, is to be aware of being consistent in your interpretation. I'm going to give you two examples of this issue. The first one is coming from a conservative take and you've probably seen all the memes online that talk about this it's when people are protesting same-sex marriage in america or anywhere else in the world that is a christian group and they'll have poster boards of leviticus whatever blah 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 and this is why we don't believe in same-sex marriage but then they'll be okay with eating pork and it's like well what about the (laughs) leviticus passage about eating shrimp or any of these things like no don't touch my louisiana boil Uh, i love it i love it yes yes and, and I, I've even seen uh, flow charts and all kinds of memes that point this out. And yeah, if if you are going to stand on that, then here's why. Now, just to present to you so our audience doesn't sit there and go, yeah, those guys are wrong. Let me explain where they're coming from is that there's this idea that Christian theology, again, this is not the Bible. This is Christian theology used to explain the behavior or the contradiction. And they would say that there are ceremonial laws and there are moral laws and there's things and so what they'll do is they'll categorize these levitical like they'll take the book of leviticus with all the these shouts and shout nots and they'll say okay these over here were ceremonial for the jews and those are done away with because of jesus these are moral laws and those have to stay i'm not aware how clear or how the jewish people break these down there are all kinds of arguments about the different words and maybe one day we will come and talk a little bit further about this my point is If you are going to use Leviticus to defend one point, why are you not using it to defend or or to speak against another one? Yeah. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but you need to have a reason as to why you do that. 
you need to, you can't just pick and choose. Like you were saying earlier, you can't pick and choose. And if you do, you need to have a, a very, very good explanation about why you do that, especially if you're going to go wave a sign. So that's one side. I'm going to go to another side. I just finished another book that I was listening to, and this woman was making a, a very strong case that the word isha in Hebrew is an indication of someone that is a wife. That is, in in modern Hebrew today and in ancient Hebrew, a woman, she could be isha, being that literally means woman, but if I said she is my isha, we understood that in context, that she is my wife. So the argument was that one of the women in the sort of multi-questionably polygamous relationships in the Old Testament, that because it said la'isha, to, to wife, to become a wife or to, be, to a wife, that that stood to be a wife, not to the woman. Okay, fine. Like, that's cool. So your understanding is because the word isha is ambiguous, in this context, you are going to make it into specifically being his wife and that it is a legal contractual marriage. Check. I'm okay with that. Later on in the book, she uses the same word and she says, because it is ambiguous, it could also mean in reference to people who are having sex outside of marriage. Again, totally okay with this interpretation. What I have a problem with is you're not being very consistent or at least giving a clear reason why. In one case, you use it this way. In another case, you use it that way. Even us in Beer and Bible are not out of that. We did this in an earlier episode when we were talking about Matthew chapter 5 years ago, and we talked about how there is a specific Greek word that is usually used one way, but it could be used a different way. And if you're going to interpret it that way, you have to have a good reason for why you are choosing a different interpretation. Hmm. So, you know, either what, be consistent. What, what, what was or, that word for like that could use between woman and wife? Isha. Okay, I'm going to remember that. So you need that in the future. You, yeah, if you were to refer to Stacy as Isha, you can. that would be like, yeah, she is a woman. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah. And you'd say, like, she is my Isha. Yeah, she is your wife. Yes. And people would understand contextually, if you were to say, here is a woman, I would not make that assumption that she is also your wife. So once again, listen to the Bible in large chunks or read the Bible in large chunks Choose a translation that makes the most sense to you, that's easier for you to read. Let your imagination run wild. Like, who, like, Samson for you is Conan the Barbarian, right? Arnold Schwarzenegger? 100%. Yes, 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 yes. Maybe for somebody else, it's Jason Momoa. I don't know, but you let your mind. They're wrong. That person is wrong. Okay, so we do have a. Just kidding, but he is is handsome too. And and he is, but yeah. So let, let your imagination wander. And then as you learn be willing to like let go of whatever those interpretations are or just change them a little bit more. Where do you start? Oh, yeah. So, Revelation, right? Is that the Revelation? <laughs> I, I, I mean, if we're going with fucking idiot number one here, then yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because yeah, I hop, jump, skip around, but yeah, I, I would trust the architect's expertise on this one. Which would be it's you, fun- a.k.a. It's Neil. funny. It's funny because you have inspired me on my answer here. <laughs> We've been teaching through the book of Matthew, and early on, <laughs> when I first suggested where should we go from here after our first 10 episodes, you know, after we talked to Joey, the next question is like, what is the next move for Beer and Bible? And we've been in Matthew since forever, ever since. And one of the things that you said was, I feel like you can't understand Matthew until you've read Leviticus. Yeah. And... 
I think that is extremely true. He does that so was many something... callbacks, like you know. Yeah, and you've got name drops from the Old Testament. Exactly. So That's I would where the say street cred comes from. Yeah. Yes. That's a great point. How do you how do you know Jesus is the the right Messiah because he's all the Old Testament stuff? <laughs> so, if you are a person that's wanting to be familiar with the the Bible and the New Testament, I would it'd be the same place. I would start at the very beginning. And I know some very devout Christians might cringe at that. They're like Genesis is too weird and wild, and like and there's a joke in the Christian circles that once you get to Leviticus, most people stop reading the Bible. I've heard that joke over and over again. Hmm. Meanwhile, I think my experience, again, as a 15-year-old, like coming to this from an, uh, being raised outside of the church, being very much an atheist sort of raising, I thought those things were really interesting. And I think when we studied it, you thought it was interesting too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would start at the beginning. If it was me, starting from scratch and going, okay, I just want to be familiar with the Bible. If you start in the beginning with Genesis, you're going to get the Christian creation account. You're going to understand the the exact quotes where people come up with that idea that the earth was created in seven days. You are going to get the Noah account, including the part where he gets drunk and naked and potentially molested by his son. That's not in the kids' books. You are going to get where the whole story and lineage of Israel comes from. You will find all these stories in there, and it'll give you a really good base. If that's the very first book, if you look at this as a piece of historical literature, these are the founding tales, myths, sort of base of the Jewish culture, all in Genesis. So I would, if you lay down that foundation, then you continue on, and I would check out Exodus, Leviticus, numbers in Deuteronomy. And I will admit that these are going to be hard, but when you get to Leviticus, you'll get a lot of thou shalt and shalt nots. And you'll get Chris's favorite chapter of Leviticus because everybody should have a favorite chapter of Leviticus. STDs. STDs. Yeah. And then Alan from a couple episodes ago, a couple, many episodes ago, his favorite chapter was on, was Leviticus 17, which was all about blood. Damn. I thought it was also STDs. No, there's only one STD chapter that I can remember. No, I thought his favorite was STDs, like me. Oh, no, no, no. no, He chose blood. Yes. So you will get to hear all of these stories, and if you are familiar with some of these laws, you hear these strange laws about emissions or skin diseases. When you get to other stories throughout the Old Testament, you know what these are based on. So when somebody says, I have a skin disease, you're not just like, oh, that guy's got like really bad acne. You can be like, oh, (laughs) that reminds me, that goes back to, what I listened to, or that's what I read earlier, where they said that they can't go near the temple for seven days. And you're more familiar with the rules and the laws or, or what they're thinking of. So my recommendation, this is just just me, the first five books are a great place to start. And even if you go through Genesis once and you go, that was weird, I want to go through it all over again, do it. Because now you're going to hear other things that you'll pick up. Or, the, and this is my, my encouragement for a layered listening or layered reading approach my recommendation is by starting with the first five books you will find sections where leviticus even though time chronologically it happens after genesis it is written still within that context so that you can look at levitical laws and apply them very very carefully see the book of genesis through that lens so if you're a jewish person you're like okay leviticus and deuteronomy tell me all the thou shalt and shalt nots i go back to the story in genesis this is so you you jump to the prequel kind of section 
and then you will see little hints of them sort of not following the things that happen in Leviticus. It's it's sort of that you watch Star Wars and then you watch the prequels and you're like, you already know who Anakin is. It helps you understand the story a little bit better. He's Dark Vader in it. Yeah. I yes. just ruined it for everyone. <laughs> Actually, you didn't. Surprisingly. <laughs> All right, so I speaking think. of Star Wars, hear me out. Samuel L. Jackson does the Bible audiobook, but with a catch. Every time God says something, it's either Idris Elba. Okay. Okay, okay. Or Liam Neeson. I would be okay with that. I, I I lean more towards Idris Elba because I could listen to that dude say like anything in the world, and it's like very powerful. Like if I got to heaven, and Idris Elba was actually like like God was like taking that image when he was like letting people in, I'd be like, bro, this is crazy. Like this is wild. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, one more time to recap: large chunks of the Bible at a time. Let your imagination wander. Like, but then hold it very loosely as you gain more information, interpretation, and be honest with your interpretation. Don't be like, ah, well, I'm going to interpret this because the way I like it. And then I'm going to interpret this over here completely different because I like, you know, don't, don't cherry pick. Yeah. Like, then you'll be like the people in history that were using it to like kill other people and do crusades and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't crusade. Don't, don't kill anybody. Yeah. And it's it's okay to also be like, I, I don't know. Oh, man, I have one more story here about reading the Bible and sort of just to encourage people. It's not really a suggestion, but just sort of maybe an allowance or an exception is that when I went to Johnson University and I studied the Bible, we have a professor there that is a very intelligent and very I don't know, talented or skilled interpreter. He, I think he was Oxford trained or something like that. I can't remember which. It was, it was British, super expensive and really prestigious. One of those like one name, like oh Cambridge, <laughs> you know, one of those things. Edinburgh, you know, very smart guy. And he was invited to preach at a church. And so here he is, very scholarly, very learned, Greek scholar, everything else, everything you would you know expect from a super smart dude. And he is up there and he's preaching and he gets to this point and he gets the the story in the book of Matthew. We're going to get to it eventually. And he teaches a story and then he starts talking about how he doesn't understand the story. And he goes, so what do you do about this when you can't understand something like this? Well, we do what we do with any passage of the Bible we don't understand. We skip it and move on. And <laughs> in, in, in the church, you hear a little bit of laughter. And then he continues on to the rest of the story and everyone realizes... That is literally what he's doing. He wasn't just making a joke to be like, ha, 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 no, I'm going to teach it. No, he made the joke and then proceeded to skip it. He's like, why is everyone laughing? Oh, well, I'll skip no, this. He, he is hilarious. Like, he knew what he was doing, mm. but it was wonderful because there's this moment where you realize that the people that have invested thousands of dollars and years in scholarship and research still get to points where it's a struggle because maybe a specific part of the Bible doesn't fit what your expectations are. Yeah. And instead of him trying to talk around it and explain it, he admits that this is a section that he doesn't understand. And I also love that he did this in a church. Could you imagine a pastor in most churches getting away with being like, I don't understand this part of the Bible. Oh yeah. No. Okay. So now I see what you do. Yes, yes, yes. I respect that. The fact that he's like, yes, this, this is crazy. Like, but we're going to move past it because like, 
you know, you, there's there's this bigger picture that we're working that we're dealing with here. <laughs> like, I it's okay to put something on the shelf and be like, I don't get this. Yeah, let's we'll circle back. <laughs> yeah, when I was when I was in Bible college, there were a lot of questions that I kept hitting, and here I am, you know, with professors, and I kept hitting questions where I would say, well, this seems to contradict this other part in the Bible, and I don't know what to do with that. And <clears throat> it wasn't that I kept avoiding it because usually what it was, I had a pile of questions you know just just hundreds of questions so i would i'd still be working on two or three or 20 of them at one time and sometimes i'd work through them and sort of have my understanding of where i'm at with it now but some of these questions were just huge and or not huge but they were just too many and so i have continued to pick up these questions and deal with them and do research when you're doing a research paper you can't do 200 research papers at once but you can personally on your own time if you get to a passage of the Bible you don't understand, you can either, you can just kind of put it on the shelf and go, okay, I don't understand that, but that sticks out and that's really weird. And maybe one day a Beer and Bible podcast will cover that question and give you the different interpretations. Uh, no promises here. We're not taking requests just yet. We'll take a few requests. I, we, should, we should take requests. I, I, we should. We should. Uh, hit us with the requests. I'll give you... How come the Bible glosses over this is like, this is relevant to us and where we live, like in Virginia is like, or in Southwest, you know, you, or Southwest Virginia or like Eastern United States. We're the South. But how come, you know, everybody accepts the whole thing of like Adam and Eve were the first two people and everybody else came from them, but everybody wants to rag on West Virginia for incest. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about yeah. that. You ask your pastor about that, he's going <laughs> to he's gonna tell you to get the fuck out. I mean, he might not. He, he'll say, God bless, and I've got another meeting or something like that. But he's telling <laughs> you to get like, the fuck out. <laughs> that sounds like a pastor answer. <laughs> but yeah, there are questions. There, that is actually a great question of like, why was incest okay with this point, but no longer this point? Yeah. Totally fine to ask these questions. and Or maybe that's just like, a construct society's built that, you know. Let's not chase this down <laughs> any further. <laughs> anyway. So this is sort of our, our rundown. I keep repeating it, but I just want to keep highlighting again, like beer and Bible, how to read the Bible, large chunks at one time, finding a version that you, you like and can understand, Create your own crazy stories or folk tales based on this, like how you personally imagine that story going down. Add voices and changes to the to it, but make sure that is based on research as well as tempered by research as you go along. And I guess our recommendations start in Genesis. And if you have any questions, it's okay to ask them, research them, or just shelve them for right now. Yeah. And you know, it's okay to be like, the Bible is completely fake and made up because it is crazy. Like I. We are like the number one podcast to be like, yeah, that's that's valid. Hey, the, real quick, talking about reading it in big chunks is you do need to be critical of answers. Like if you do research things, I mean, if you're listening to the show, you know we are critical of things, and like we look at or we Neil presents Neil does all the research and presents all these different lenses and and like these interpretations of things. And we're not going to sit here and tell you one's right or one's wrong. Um, on the podcast so, so if you're doing these big chunks and you're seeing like if you're a a person that can that is actually like seeking this out and like looking at things um 
you'll see the big picture. And so like when you do that, and I think this is something Neil was saying or alluding to earlier is like, if you are, um, doing these big chunks, seeing the bigger picture, then you can kind of call bullshit on some things. Like if you hear something or somebody tells you something that just doesn't really add up, like reach out or research something else, like get multiple views on it. Because, you know, if you, again, just doing these, you can really slice off these little verses and, you know, kind of make them whatever you want. That's been the problem with like, the Bible and with religion. Like if you have any kind of book that provides guidance, it's going to give you, you're going to have a million people that are going to tell you it means a million different things. But you know, if you take it in a big chunk and just see the overall picture, the broader picture, then it's harder to slice those little chunks out because it doesn't make sense in the long run. So by being more familiar with the entirety of the Bible or large swaths of it or sections of it, you're able to respond. Or sometimes you'll hear things go, oh, that's a quote from this, or that's a reaction to this, and it will give you a better overall understanding of the Bible. So hopefully, this is our, our thoughts on like how to help you if you are interested in reading the Bible or becoming biblically literate. And we are, again, very much presenting this to somebody that wants to know about the Bible, not necessarily go to church. Like that's We're thinking very much, hey, there's a book that exists. You guys teach about it. I kind of want to just be aware of it because I'm really sick and tired of waiting every two weeks to four years to hear about the book of Matthew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. We hope this like has been, it, it is something that uh, makes sense. Uh, if not, definitely as always hit us up in the comments, Instagram, Facebook at beer and Bible show. Look for the mug in the cross. We definitely want your feedback, questions, comments, critiques. Uh, call us out on our bullshit if you yeah. want to. <laughs> like, just give us a shout. Like, we we love it. So, yeah. uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next episode.